This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're going to begin reading in Ephesians 4. And that ye put on the new man, which after God created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away, lying, speak, of, speak every man the truth with his neighbor. For we, we are members one of another. Be ye angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give peace to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good. Then he may have to give him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use for edifying. That it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve, the, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto a day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know, when we follow the plan of salvation and become Christians, we're to be different. We're supposed to put away the old life and put on a new. We need to put away the bitterness, the wrath, anger we have, and evil speaking of others. Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. You know, these things, the change is going to take self-control. We all have different pressures and struggles daily, and it is extremely important on how we handle our, ourselves and control ourselves. The definition of self-control is restraint exercised over one's impulses, emotion, and desires. How we react to situations and struggles. Self-control is different for everyone in here. I may struggle with something you do not, but it does not mean that it's not a struggle for me. You know, I can think of an example where I have great self-control. Have you ever seen a runner's foot that runs five miles a day, six days a week? Their toenails fall off, toes turn blue and swell up eventually. I have enough self-control. I'm never going to run five miles a day for six days a week. I promise you. And in fact, when they put a hip in, when I had surgery, I said the walking hip and ascending hip. That's all I need. I have self-control over that. But, and I may think they're crazy, but when I'm standing in the buffet line going through it, they may be looking at me and said, he needs some self-control. They may be thinking I'm crazy. That's not a struggle they have, but it's a struggle I have. I like to eat, they like to run. It doesn't mean there's any less struggle in our lives. So we need to understand that, be kind to each other, and help us live the life that is pleasing unto God. We need to control our eyes. The light of, the, light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single... Thy whole body shall be full of light, but if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? We sometimes place value, great value on things we see, may be very pleasing to our eyes. And we, what we allow our eyes to see can lead us down a dark path or can lead us down a good path. The dark path is without self-control. There is no light on the dark path, just darkness, and we need to remember that. You know, David did not exhibit self-control. We're reading 2 Samuel. And it came to pass 
in the evening tide that David rose from his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman wearing, washing herself. And that woman was very beautiful to look upon. You see in the second verse, uh, it led him to commit adultery. David did not look away, didn't resist the temptation, and that led to adultery. And later, even worse, Bathsheba's husband's death when he sent him to the front lines or had him sent to the front lines. The lack of his self-control affected not just him, but affected others. And our lack of self-control not only harms us, but others that are in our lives and around us. We need to be able to control our thoughts that the righteousness of a law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they are after the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Our eyes and thoughts are closely connected. Our eyes can sometimes control what we think and the thoughts will lead to action. I don't know if y'all have had this and this is another fault of mine. I get the car bug every now and then. Have y'all ever had that? That's bad. If Sean and I ever start looking for a car in a month, we're going to have a new one whether we need one or not. Because we see all the fancy things with it. All the stuff it can do that ours can't. And I, you can convince yourself that your car is going to break down next week, so I better get a new one. Or I can pretty easy. We see something pleasing to us, put it in our minds as thoughts, and it usually comes into action. So I think that's very careful that, what we, that we need to control what we see and then also control our thoughts, or you'll be like us with a car payment from now on. Thoughts of the past can hold you back. Here we see where the children of Israel, they're beginning to murmur and they're, they're upset. And the, the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, the melons, and the leeks, and the onions, and garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside manna before our eyes. You know, all they could think about was what they had when they were in, enslaved by the Egyptians, the food. They were thinking of this. And they couldn't see that uh, God had delivered them out of slavery. They couldn't see that he was providing them with food to eat. They wanted more because they were thinking back. And by thinking back, uh, they, were, they were not looking forward to, to being obedient to God. And, I, and if the way I can relate this to, to us today is if you've ever been on a diet, and many of you might not have, but I've been on many. And I had one that worked real good. In 17 days, I ate fish, chicken, or turkey, and all the vegetables I could eat. But the thing that caught me my eyes about this diet was all you could eat, fish, chicken, and vegetables. So the wrong reasons. Lost about 60 pounds in, in heck, 17, 30, about 40 days. And it was good for me. I felt good. Uh, and it worked. I remember the 17th day, we could eat uh, beef finally. And I never will forget looking around the table. I barbecued some steaks, and we're all sitting there, and everybody, the kids, was eating with us too. And, and we looked like, have you ever seen tigers and lions on the first kill, just ripping meat? We were just eating because we missed that. You know, we missed it. We lost our control at that point because, I mean, our table manners were gone. You know, I know that will work for me today if I would do it. But the thought 
of having to go through the headache I had, <laughs> getting off of carbs, and eating chicken for 17 days, this keeps me away from it. You know, our thoughts of serving, our thoughts are things that happened to us in the past, our thoughts that we harbor against someone that had done us wrong, our thoughts about promotions we should have had, our thoughts about uh, past relationships. If we harbor that and don't move forward, it can hold us back from serving God. So we need to be careful what our eyes see and we allow our thoughts to, the thoughts in our minds. We need to control our emotions. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon the wrath, neither give a place to the devil. The first part of this word I'm real good at. The second part is a little hard for me sometimes. I can get angry, but sometimes refraining from sin is harder. We read in James, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of a man worketh not the righteousness of God. We're going to get upset and angry from time to time, but we do not need to let that lead to sin. There's others watching, and we need to show the self-control and restraint during times of struggle that a Christian should show. Slowing down our reaction to things that happen to us helps us act more like Christians in the, in the way we should act. You know, sometimes I, I'm, I react. The older I've gotten, people said, you're even killed. Uh, the kids may tell you different. And there's a time in my life that people knew me, they would tell you different. I wasn't very even killed. I was quick to speak and quick to anger. You know, we have to work on those things all the time to have that self-control. I say, and sometimes it rears its head, I, I say that, that, that guy that says the wrong things is still inside me, and I have to remember that from time to time. Um, and I, if you'll just slow down a little bit and not react quite as quick, this will help you control that emotion. You know, God gave instructions to Moses on how to uh, get water from the rock. He said, take the rod and gather thou the assembly together and, and, and Aaron thy brother and speak unto the rock before you, their eyes, and it shall give forth water. And thou shalt bring them the water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the, trans, the congregation and the beast a drink. We read here in, in this terminology, hear, hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? To me, and, and I probably didn't read that with enough enunciation. I need Brandon up here. He does this one good. Hear now, ye rebels. It sounds like there may be some frustration. He's trying to get water out of the rock. He takes his rod and hits it twice, and water came from it abundantly. And the congregation drank, and the beast also. But we find that Moses' consequence, and the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, ye shall not bring the congregation into the land which I have given them. There was a consequence. He didn't get to go. He didn't get to go enjoy the land given to him. You know, our emotions can lead us to make take actions that there will be consequences. It can cause us to sin. It can cause us to, to get farther from God when we, we need to be trying to strive to be obedient and closer to him. We see we need to control our words, and the multitude of words are, one hath not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. And the tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity, so the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. And seeth, setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Our words have, uh, are hard to control sometimes. Those who control the tongue is called wise, and those that fail to control their tongues could be considered foolish, the opposite of wise. 
James said, although the tongue is a small member, it has the ability to defile the whole body. So we need to be able to control our words. And we never want our words to become a stumbling block for others. Let us therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or on an occasion to fail in his brother's way. I know that I am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that is, esteemeth any living anything to be unclean to him to him it is unclean we cannot say things that keep others from being successful or put them down we do not need to we need to be doing everything we can to help others be successful in their christian walk and lead others to the saving blood of jesus never control your words and never let it be a stumbling block for others we have an example of how when jesus was tempted how we should respond <clears throat> and when he had fasted 40 days and nights and after he was hungered, the devil came to him and, and said, if that be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. His answer was, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Second temptation, <clears throat> he saith to the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall have his angels charged concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Lest any time thou shalt dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, on the third time, <clears throat> all the, see, and again the devil taketh him up into the exceeding mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, said unto him, all the things I will give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, go thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt, not worship, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, in him only shalt thou serve. Each time he was tempted, he looked at God's word and, and, and God's word and, and God's will every time he was tempted. And he came back because he was thinking of above about God and living for God. And then we see, then the devil leave, leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. He was not thinking of himself, he was thinking of the service unto God. We need to commit to a Christian life to, to make the changes and try to get our, uh, contain, maintain our self-control. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet that, I not, that not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we're baptized and, ri and rise up, we're to live a new life. A life that, which will seek to be obedient to God and look to God for strength and guidance. The faith we, we develop creates the bond with Jesus and helps us be obedient to life. We need to pray and study God's word. Anytime we feel like we're losing self-control, we need to look above like Jesus did. We need to fight the fight and complete the race. We need to be able to regain our self-control. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. <clears throat> but if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the, the body, ye shall live. For as many are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Christians are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to look above when we're struggling in our lives and losing self-control. Because there's danger in losing self-control. If we lose our self-control and quit looking above and living for God, we can lose our hope of eternity. We can, we can get in a dark space and it get darker and darker and darker and we never come out. This week we had a, 
our principal was gone and to a workshop, and I stayed back, and the kid got in trouble. It's one I've heard his name before several times. They said, what are we going to do with him? I said, bring him to my office. So he walked in and said, where do I sit? I said, pull the chair up, set him at my desk by me. Turned around, started working on the computer. He worked and was quiet. And we, uh, I heard him kind of put his books up and turn around and started working where I could see what he was doing. And I asked him, I finally said, what's going, what happened? What's going on? Oh, sir, I pushed it too far. He's honest. I said, well, tell me about the story. He said, you know, when somebody holds a grudge against me, I tend to get mad and hold one back. <laughs> and I said, well, I understand. He said, and I won't call names. This person, I don't, they don't like me. And I know it. And I said, well. And we talked a little bit. And, and, I, and in fact, I know the teacher well. I had him uh, when I was a principal. And uh, he said, they don't like me. And I said, well, I'm going to disagree there. I think they like you. They don't like how you're acting. You know, we went on. And, and he was very respectful in talking. And, I, and I'm, I told the story. I said, every time I blow up, hold a grudge or say something out of anger, and I might win the room, did I win in the long run? He said, no, you never win in the long run when you win the room. I said, you're exactly right. You're as smart as I thought you were. And we just kept on talking. And we came to the conclusion, both of us, if we put pride out, put pride away and be humble, quit making everything about us and trying to serve others and do the will of others, obey like God wants to be kind, be tenderhearted, forgiving, <laughs> that, it, that it seems to work better for us. Him and I both came to that conclusion. And, and I believe that. Part of the thing that bothers me with my self-control is my self-pride. I want to be able to control everything. I want to be in control. And the truth is, we have to have God to help us out sometimes. We have to have other Christians to help us out sometimes. And that's hard to ask. But this young man, I, I, I thanked him. I said, I'm sorry I bored you with some stories. Somebody came in, and I told the story that was going on in our life. And he said, I said, I'm sorry I bored you. He said, no. He said, no, sir. I enjoyed this. I don't get talks like this at home. So I'm telling this to the, the parents, and, and I'm not necessarily saying to your kids. I'm telling everybody here, when you see kids, talk to them a little bit. That's a little off topic. He said, my parents care about me, but they don't talk to me. Now, Mr. Martindale, he, he was one of my supervisors at Seminar. One kind of got me in this business. He always said, you see a kid on the street, pat him on the back and tell him how much you care about him and show interest in him. And I think it goes past kids. I think it goes to everybody. We're supposed to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgive one another. Don't hold grudges. Don't speak evil of people. That's a tall task sometimes. It really is. Or it is for me. I don't want to speak for, for you, you. It is. But if we don't control our emotions, there's danger in that. You saw not controlled in your eyes what can happen. Your eyes control your thoughts what can happen. When we lose and, and can't control our emotions, what can happen? And, you know, I may say it'll never happen. I remember my dad saying once, we was talking as he got older and, and trying to, you know, you might not want to, because Dozier, y'all were there. He nearly led, him and Bobby led every song, did everything. My dad said, you can't, I don't know how you retire from this. No matter what age, we're all susceptible to the devil. And he's going to use what we like against us any way he can to pull us. Self-control is important in our lives. 
and it's something we really need to work on. And I, I, I don't want to make light of it. I may because I do eat too much, and I lack self-control there. And I lack self-control in many other ways. And uh, lack, not like, lack. Uh, in this lesson a lot, it was about as much for me as it was anybody. Just to refocus, uh, put God first, and live the life of the Christian. Live a new life. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving of one another. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.